Um, and I think we had talked to, um, uh, what was that, Earl and uh, Ernie, or, or what was it? Wayne and, Wayne and Lucas. Yeah, Wayne oh, and wow. Lucas. <laughs> Is it Earl and Ernie? <laughs> <laughs> We're pretty close. Earl and Ernie. Burt, burt, burt. Welcome back. Pull up a chair and join us at the table this week for another episode of Paper, Pencil, Dice, a tabletop role-playing podcast. Welcome back to Paper, Pencil, Dice. So last time, our heroes uh, took off from Clear Meadow, and we're on their way to Malatoon to uh, plan to mount some sort of a defense of the against the incoming Army of the Dead. So, the, we are just now leaving from Clear Meadow at this point, uh, heading up to Malatune. So, uh, I believe uh, everyone in the party is on the airship at the moment, correct? Correct. Okay. And so there are probably close to maybe 100 to 200 uh, people from the city on board the airship. The airship is packed. It's, I mean, it's, it's hard to get around on the ship. There's probably enough area where the pilot is, uh, where, you know, presuming it's uh, Chithal, um, to to pilot it, you know, with. But other than that, you know, the the top deck and the cargo area and pretty much, you know, everywhere on the ship is packed wall to wall people. It's the assumption at this point was that there's it's only about le- slightly less than a day's travel to get uh, to cross what would normally be four days on horseback. Um, so you shouldn't need to worry about, you know, resting or sleeping accommodations, uh, but to get, move that many people at once, it's not really a comfortable, uh, scenario. So, uh, as you guys are heading up there, you're likely, you know, thinking about what, uh, kinds of things that you're going to want to, uh, engage or try to approach or try to prepare, uh, once you're up there. So, uh, before we get into that, as you guys are flying up, I'd like to do a quick round of introductions. So, first of all, Tabitha, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Jess. Uh, I play Tabitha and Gregory and Francis, uh, which are my two companion animals. Um, you Right now, I've been uh, working with Francis, mostly. Uh, I am the halfling ranger. In charge of figuring things out. All right. Uh, up next, Tormir, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey, this is uh, Brandon. I play Tormir, the dwarf mug, first mate, reporting for duty. Alrighty then. That's the British salute. I, I, I'm, I'm aware. So yes. Tormir is British now. Well, I mean, <laughs> Scottish accent ish kind of I, thing. That's fair. I don't, they still have the British salute. That's true. We'll go with it. They, they are British, much to their chagrin. Yeah, that, very accurate. Um, all right. So uh, what is Tormir thinking at the moment on the way up? He wasn't a big fan of the last time there was a war at this mountain. And it's happening all over again. All right. And he's very concerned about protecting everyone who's there, but also at the same time wishing he could be able to help in a different way. 
All right. And up next, Jathal, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself? Hello. Hello. I'm Chris. I play Jathal, the uh, the captain of the Seer Vessel. Um, we are. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm the best captain you all have ever had. Oh, captain, my captain? Exactly. <laughs> so, someone's going to uh, say that yeah. line at some point to him. Probably. Uh, yeah, so, it yeah, it it's, we're... <laughs> but yeah, uh it's it's definitely cramped everywhere, but we're we're getting by. We're getting everyone there. It's short short jaunt over. I think we'll be fine. I'm not sure what we're gonna do yet when we get there, but we'll figure that out. Alright. Up next, a fear. Do you wanna go ahead and introduce yourself? Maybe. Ah, uh, my name's Brian. I play the role of Athir, the uh, fighter of the group. He's an elf um, with a uh, sword that changes into many things. So who knows what it'll turn into this time? Um, what do, I even forget what the rune is called on there. Ship shifting? I don't know. Um, but uh, sitting uh, here on top of the uh, ship here that we've got and wondering. Um, what we're going to do once the army actually reaches Melatoon. So that's what I got going on. All right. Um, where is that halberd that you had, by the way, Athir? That would be on the ship. In my quarters. On the ship in your quarters. All right. Um, up next, uh, Tegan. I forgot your name, apparently. Uh, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Well, just because my DM forgot my name after you know a year of doing a podcast does not have my spirits down actually <laughs> tegan is having a blast he is playing hide and go seek with his goblin friend with all the people on board and we're doing different like smoke bombs and fart grenades and stuff oh and yeah that's fun awesome Nothing there like are so many and there's people ship. to talk to and um find out where they're from and what they do. They are all from the same town. That's kind of boring. But everything else is pretty awesome. They do, they do different stuff. and awesome. you, They get different reactions from the different stuff we're doing. Awesome. <laughs> all right. So you guys are going on your on your way up, and there are, I mean, T, what Tegan and Mad Marwood are doing, uh, you know, smoke grenades and fart grenades and stuff like that, honestly is helping quite a bit because... I mean, for the most part, looking out over the just the sea of people that's on board the ship, which, um, surprisingly enough, I mean, 200 people weighs a lot of weight. Um, but the ship, uh, I mean, it's a little bit slower, but for the most part, it's, it's a pretty sturdy ship, and the engines don't seem to be that slowed down by it. Um, so it's, it's able to, to deal with that much weight without a, a lot of difficulty. Um, you guys do have to deal with a number of things. There's people trying to climb into and all around the giant mech that's in the cargo hold as well. Uh, probably uh, there's various times that you or someone else on board has to, has to stop some kid from jumping off one of the hands into the crowd and trying to crowd surf and stuff like that. Um, Tegan did not st start that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, and Tegan. Tegan did not start that. 
it would be worrying though because if he if he was doing it he'd just be pantsless in front of a bunch of people remember season three 100 percent more pants <laughs> hey tony is there that's, a magical belt said. item that's cursed in this game that won't allow someone to take their pants down that would be messy <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, have we need to have pants down. At it could be flaps. flaps, exactly. Could be flaps. Mm. Absolutely. Like a windmill, <laughs> you know. So, so is that going to be his new nickname, Tegan Flaps Stumbleduck? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Butt Flaps Stumbleduck. Uh, wow. We're, we're, we haven't even really started. We're off the rails. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That you said that right. as if we were ever on the rails. That's fair. <laughs> Never be uh, on the rail, especially not the third rail. So the the one thing you guys notice is a lot of the adults, uh, well, the kids seem to be, I mean, this is yet another place to play for the most part. The adults seem to be have a very somber mood, which kind of seems to carry over the whole ship because they're, they're quite literally watching, a you know, as the ship rises up high enough, um, you know, it's been a few, you know, probably five or six hours that you guys were in the city before you took off to head back to Malatoon. You can start to see the first glimmers of like trees in the distance starting to fall over and just the tide starting, you know, rising past uh, the, you get uh, some glimpses of the apple orchard that you guys were at. And it is pretty much unrecognizable as it once was. There, the barns. Look, there's zombies that are climbing over top of the barn to the point where it just looks like this writhing, crawling mass, just coating everything: trees, buildings, and and whatnot. Um, and the people on board the ship, especially those on the top deck, uh, are seeing some of this. Seeing just you know this tide coming towards essentially the only home they've ever known as they're fleeing from it and and leaving it while. No people are being left behind. Uh, you know, they they didn't have that much time to essentially pack up their lives and leave, and they have no idea if they'll ever see their homes again. So you you know, while there are a number of things that Tegan and Marwood and the kids are trying to do, you know, either intentionally or unintentionally to to lighten the mood, there are a lot of adults that just don't seem like they're in any any capacity to be uh, brightened up at this point. Um, does anyone do anything else on the trip up, or does or do you guys try to accomplish anything on the way? Yes. So uh, Tormir is um, offering meditation sent or uh, meditation sessions meditation sessions for anyone who's wanting to participate to okay. kind of help people calm down and get out of the moment a little bit so to speak and those that don't he's going around and offering tea and other small comforts berries small baked goods that we may have had on board that sort of thing alright um I will allow you to make either a wisdom or a diplomacy check your choice that is 100% going to be a wisdom check well, no. Hmm. Nah, diplomacy. One hundred percent, fifty percent. Is that just what happened? <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Well, Tormir's dice aren't too bad tonight. Uh, twenty-six. 
All right. So yeah, you're you're going around and you kind of see. I mean, no one's like upbeat at this point, but they seem to kind of be more accepting of the way things are going. Um, there's there's a lot of people who just seem like they they're you know while they were maybe on the verge of tears or breakdown, they they seem to be calm and and you know there's more conversation about well maybe we will still be able to see our home or maybe we, maybe things will turn out okay after all this so there's there I'll, things seem to be a bit more upbeat among the crowd um and i am going to add one to the over to uh, morale for the upcoming battle as a result sweet um Anyone else doing anything? Um, I'm going up to Athir and asking him about Zane. Okay. You have a hard time weaving your way through the crowd, but being that you're smaller, you, you eventually are able to find Athir. Athir uh, isn't the tallest person on board the ship, but he's tall enough that he towers over enough of the heads that you can find him eventually. So um, you, you find Athir after about maybe half an hour to an hour's worth of searching. Hey, Athir, um, should we be worried about Zane at all? Once he gets back to his army, isn't he going to try to overtake Marin or try to take over the Clockwork District again? Is Marin or any of our comrades' lives in danger once he gets back? Oh, certainly. I mean, his his demeanor has always been in that, that whatever is good for him. So I would expect that he may cooperate with us for now, only if it's in his interests. Well, so are, is he still a prisoner? Because he's kind of walking around the ship right now. So well, what's the plan? I mean, I let's be he's fair here. Tied up. If, if he's, he's on the ship, but he's tied up at the moment, I believe. Oh, is he tied up still? Yeah. Okay, cool. Even yeah. if he was free, where's he going to go? Yeah, but We're, he could be mucking around. Well, so could Tegan. Yeah, but I wouldn't be doing it purposely. <laughs> I mean, this is a big battle. We really don't have a... I don't... Just from my sense of, you know, warfare, we can't afford to fight a two-front war if Zane decides to start taking advantage of the situation. Well, I think Zane's power base is in Malatoon. So if he uh, uses uh, anything to um, try to prevent us from stopping the army, I think that works against him. Now, um, oh, good. Sorry. I, I I wouldn't trust him once the battle's done, and I wouldn't be too surprised uh, if he has plans in the works during the battle to make sure that uh, that things swing in his favor at the end of it. Should so we, we talk have... to Marin? Yeah, we should, we should definitely tell Marin. Um, and and but I, and knowing Marin, she probably already has it in the back of her mind something like. Uh, Are they still on the ship? Yeah, every, both Baron and he are on the ship. Um, we should talk to uh, Marin to see if the uh, guild would help us with the upcoming battle. So we can help marshal forces. I think we have to deal with the reality that um, when we get back to Malatoon, we're going to need the army of the city to do that we're going to probably need zane but what does that mean at, at the end does that mean zane remains in power and if that's the case that doesn't work for well for the rebels and the whole everything that uh, Marin worked for 
So we've got two two things to solve. One is what what happens at the end of the battle, and how to what happens to the to the city from a power structure, and then we still need to talk to several people to get a defense rallied. Um, do you think we should call a conference? You know, once we get to Malatune, or is that something you and Marin should do? Um, I don't think I would create a full. Um council to determine that um i think those conversations should be kept private so that our plans aren't leaked on uh, uh, what we're going to do we should talk to unum and diem maybe they have uh something that might help okay i can wait till we get back to malatune then i think we should have those conversations on the way i wouldn't say we wait to get to malatune okay go but talk I mean, to Marin. I think we should talk to them eventually, like when we get to Malatune. We don't have to necessarily do it. Wait to have other conversations. You you are all aware that it will be extremely difficult to find anywhere on the ship to have a private conversation with as many people as are on board. I think we can find a private cabin. Is there any anything that maybe Jathal or one of the other mages on the um, ship could uh, cast a sound dampening field of some sort that would uh, prevent sound from escaping a room. I think Marin's uh, mages can do that too. I think I think Yanni's busy piloting the ship. Uh, I mean, how big is the like command deck where, like the. The main controls are. Uh, it's not probably, real big, right? Yeah, I mean it's maybe like twenty feet by twenty feet. Yeah. So it's. I mean, it's not. It there. It's enough for like a small command crew to be able to comfortably stand together. But no, it's not like space. I wouldn't call it spacious. No, that's fair. I mean, that's a small enough area that I think. I don't know. Um, we would be able to get people out of that area probably I, for the most part to. the passengers aren't in the command area because the, the biggest thing go. they're concerned about is they don't want to disturb whoever's flying the ship because that, that might cause it to be a crashing ship well there you go <laughs> well there technically go. it's always crashing he's just preventing it at the time <laughs> it's never crashing <laughs> was it called the titanic <laughs> The, it's, nope. it's the unsinkable airship. Unsinkable, exactly. Because it's never in the water. <laughs> Could still sink through the air. All right, so go, go. Do not give the DM any ideas. Um, like he needs, like, he needs help. <laughs> That's true. Um, so let's grab Marin and the and the rest of our gang and let's meet up on the command deck and see if we can figure out a way to have a private conversation about what we need to do for the defense of Malatin. So, so so while the command deck itself is you know, I mean it's it's open air to the rest of the ship. Um it's still an isolated area, it's a raised deck, but there's no not like closable doors, so to speak. There's more just doorways to walk in and out of it. Yeah. Uh, mostly because you know whoever's on the command crew needs the ability to, to dart out fairly quickly or dart back in if something's yeah. needed to be adjusted is you know how it's designed. Um, 
But, uh, I mean, you can get up there. Um, I'll allow, if you guys want to try to assemble the whole party and maybe like get two or three other people, that's about the most you're going to fit. But then, I mean, Jethal's going to feel very cramped with you know seven other people on the command deck. Yeah. Do we have a better um, option? Yeah, I don't know if there's a better one. I I think we need I mean, to keep the, this conversation small anyway. So. Okay. So who else? The, uh, who else do you bring the, up? What was the? Uh, there was like one of the quarters downstairs was a little bit bigger and more closed off, right? Normally, like yes, but one. in order to fit everyone on board, I mean, all the crew yeah. quarters are full of people, including all all of your guys' quarters are full of people. Yeah. No, I knew that. I was just... Yeah. I mean, pretty much okay. the, there's there's the captain's room, which is where Marin and the rest of the Rebellion crew is set up for the most part, so that way they people don't mess with Jethal's stuff. <laughs> But that's really the only area that's more or less reserved. So, I mean, you could use the captain's quarters uh, if you wanted to, but then who's piloting the ship? I'll pilot the ship. No. You can't. I could if you gave me permission. Two people can pilot ship. I am the captain. Okay. So I don't I don't know that I have to be in the in the uh, uh, talks. So I'll go round up the the goblin and the kids, and we'll do some we'll play some more games and do some more crowd surfing and just try so, to do what we can to raise morale. So I'm I'm asking you guys who do you want to be at the meeting? I'm, assuming the, m- I'm assuming the four of you. Yes, I think team. everyone here. Marin, her second as well. Okay. Marin, and then who else? Whoever's her second in command. Whoever she trusts the most. I think uh, uh, Tegan needs to be there, doesn't he? That's fine. If I we think got room, all of fine. us. I think all of us will be there, and then we'll include Marin. And yeah, I think her like a another one that she trusts the most. Would be do, good. Do, do you guys not remember uh, the names of anyone else? Well, they do. No. I'd have to look them up. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember Mad Mardigan or whatever his name is. Marwood. Mad yeah. Marwood, yeah. There's old man Zybus. I don't think, I don't I don't think, think he's second. I can't remember who the second is. Zybus actually didn't come down with you guys. Is it Zy- the uh, Elena okay. Two Swords? Elena Two Swords is on board. Elena. Shale Blackbane. Who is uh, the former dwarf of... Well, uh, I just don't remember who she considers her second. She doesn't really have a second, necessarily. I mean, Alina might be the closest. Um, Just being Alina is the only other person with real leadership experience. So let's just have her. Knowing knowing Marin, um, Marin's interest isn't necessarily probably in Malatune itself. um, rather Rather, her interest is more the cause... So whoever she's fighting for is their city. Um, so it, her second so, is likely to be the person that it's their city of. So it'd probably be Shale then. 
Shale Blackman is the is a she's a dwarf who is uh, uh, descended from the original dwarves of the mountain. Done. Shale's good enough. Okay. So, uh, Marin, Shale, and the rest of you guys, Tegan, are you there or are you not? Tormir, you have a drinking buddy. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure, I can be there. Okay. So Marin kind of closes the door to the captain's quarters and goes, "All right, so." What's uh, what's going on? Well, Tegan rightly had concerns around um, what's his face, the the evil doer guy, Zane. Zane, that's what his name is. Um, uh, that uh, what what are we going to do with Zane? Um, what happens with Zane once we get him back to Malatoon? And I think uh, once we get him there, Zane's going to want to get back to his armies um he's also going to probably try to get back into his old position but we need his armies probably to defend malatune so we're gonna have to have some sort of plan in place to what to do otherwise all of this work that we did for the rebellion really didn't accomplish anything and the rebellion will still be once again, the rebellion and not um, in control of the city. Shale looks up and goes, "Well, we could always kill him when we're done." It's true. And Tegan, you want job job? Marion kind of holds up one hand, and goes, "I don't think we need to be that drastic. At worst, we would make a martyr out of him." Um, the the thing is, I've had this thought as well. I I don't think we can simply deny Zane's involvement because. If we do, there's likely going to be a rift in the armies, those who are loyal to the city versus those who are loyal to Zane. And that may play against us more than if we get uh, Zane possibly to help rally them towards the defense of the city. Um, I agree. That being said, I still think that we need to have a contingency plan for the likelihood that Zane is going to try to, once the city is potentially weakened as a result of the war, rally what troops he has and try to essentially stand on top of whatever hill remains. How powerful is the army of Skyreach? The, the top side. Skyreach is known predominantly for its wealth. It has some uh, fairly veteran soldiers there. But they don't count in very high numbers. They mostly operate as bouncers or bodyguards. Um, if the lower reaches, uh, either Cogworks or the Hollows, ever decided to mount any form of actual attack on Skyreach, it's very unlikely Skyreach could feasibly defend itself. It's it's merely the structure of society there that keeps everyone in order, as opposed to any form of military force employed by Skyreach itself. Is there something that would scare Zane to not attack or to not try his old ways and, and be, you know, make it diplomatic actions with the rebellion? Is there some force that's more, that's more scary than, than his army? Well, we could always have shale. She had an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Lady is, or, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Marin says, well, Lady Isabella did bring up an interesting point after she was rescued, that um, Zane's armies are weakened since all of the um, 
werewolves that were working for him, or Wolfen as he called them, were went berserk and and uh, essentially had tried to attack his own army and had to be killed in order to stop them. So his forces are drastically diminished as a result, and we may be able to, I mean, may be able to convince him that because of the fact that we still have the rebellion and we potentially have, you know, other allies as well that we'll have as you know during the battle that it would be a fool's errand and create nothing more than a civil war that he will ultimately lose if he doesn't um, doesn't work with us. I think it's if we approach him and explain to him that that as g- allow him to have some vestige of power after this is all done uh, definitely not the level of power that he had before but if he is able to walk away with something after this is all said and done then he may be more amenable to that and Shale just pounds her fist on the table you know and says no after everything that he has done to this city there is no way he is he is walking out any rosier than death I'm sorry, but why does this even matter? Have you seen what he's done to the city? It doesn't matter right now. That's after whatever battle's about to take place. Why are we planning for something that may happen? If you want to keep that in the back of your mind, that's fine, alright? But all of us, we need to concentrate about the days ahead. This is going to be a great test because it's not about Melatune. It's about the city after Melatune and the city after that. We're in the right place to defend millions of people. Why are we crying about politics? This is about something more. This is about saving lives. We have a chance here. Or wasting our time quibbling over oh who's gonna get this part of my city oh who's gonna get this part of my city I'm sorry but it doesn't matter it matters when you have a knife in your back because he's stabbed you after you've completed your goal for his own means did so That's be what it matters for did so be it but if we can stop this army in its tracks that's more important than anything else. Oh, yeah, but that's pretty short-sighted. You have to look at the long game. The long game and uh, elves there are very no good at looking. There is no long game if we lose. I, I think there's no point uh, in arguing. We're, we're, we'll, have, we'll win this fight at Malatoon with the armies we have. I have well, no doubt. That overconfidence okay, well, the, will be our end. Well, let's we talk about talk that then instead. So... What kind of what are we going to have to do when we get to Malatune? Who who do we have as assets? Who are the armies that we can talk to? Well, we can talk to Unum and Diem, and they may have some sort of tricky thing up their sleeves. Uh, we'll want to talk to maybe the gangs uh, that we uh, fought the 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 motorcycle gang. The burning wheels. Yeah, they might be able to muster up a fair amount of people to help out. Definitely the city guard. Um, We have the guilds. With Marin's help. Um, The rebels, yeah. The rebels. 
but we well, don't isn't have it the... all of the guilds were together or is it just one guild there's really only one i mean there are other it's guilds just... but they all kind of consider themselves a union mm. um of of guilds and that's re- that's where the cogworks comes from um, okay uh, so we can definitely count on well I, I i can't say that we can count on them but i'm assuming that Marin will be able to help us rally the um the people together to defend their city and if we view it as everybody working together and defi- working to defend their city versus divvying it up into sections and groups and you know if we can mount a strong defense and stop people in their track like Tormir said we can s- save many people down the road in many other cities so we don't have to keep fighting these this horde of uh, people that are coming so we've got the burning wheels we've got the city guard which is also the skyreach guard right then we have the rebels we have the Cogsworth army under Zane and we have anyone else Shale says, well, it's not a large force, but there's enough uh, effort in it that we may be able to use the uh, um, the Church of Alagi and, and their uh, clerics. That they do do they have... have any... Do they have any fighters? No, but uh, divine support on the battlefield probably would not be... Uh, not go... You know. Also, we should talk to the healers and make sure that we have supplies allocated... Uh, so that we can help heal people before, like, after the, um, during the battle, or after the battle, but make sure that they have the supplies that they need. There's, I mean, there are a number of other, uh, organizations throughout the city that have small amounts of forces that may still be able to contribute, uh, such as the Storm Flags, um, they have, uh, you know mechanical beasts that they that they raise and kind of they run them more as a zoo but i think some of them you know have battle you know have battle functions that they could use um there's the moon crescent which are you know they're a, an old uh, elven uh, group that was willing to help out with the uh with some intelligence gathering for our rebellion that's where we got a lot of the information from was through them um, so while they're not necessarily the best uh, warriors, I mean, be- any any benefit is a benefit. Yeah, having a, a spy force would be huge. Having spotters and stuff like that, if they're any good at, at stealth or espionage. Espionage? Espionage. That's the French version. Espionage. It was just funny how you said it. Espionage. <laughs> Espionage. Espionage on the Esplanade. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, last, uh, Marin brings up that if if Zane is to be believed in in what his warnings were, and and based upon the knowledge of where the uh, where the Wolfen and the the Army of the Dead were, and and also just having seen it, um, he estimated uh, a fortnight before it got to uh up to malatune based upon that and um the fact that we've spent about two days since that warning uh we have we'll probably have roughly a little just under 12 days to prepare 
Um, so we we'll want to make sure that whatever we're doing, we're we're using our you know preparing as best as possible for for the battle to come. Either gathering allies, informing people, you know, organizing defenses, you know, what whatever we want to do. But we need to make sure we're spending the time as as wisely as possible. Yeah, I think gathering gathering forces, getting them organized, coming up with the defense plan. And I, I, I also want to say that I don't think we should go up to the wire on, uh, on, on, and having our, our still making plans the day that they arrive. Let's, let's try to aim to have all our plans in place and be acting on implementing those plans the last couple of days before they arrive. So that gives us 10 days. Hey, Tony. Yeah. Um, does Tormir know of a way to get into contact? Uh, over distance with uh, the Order of the White Lily. Um, you would have to find someone who can cast the Sending spell. Um, or alternatively, uh, Vidi is, is it can yeah. also just simply open essentially a two-way scrying portal to get you in communication to whoever you want. Um, so I mean, the either anyone who can cast Sending. Could could send a, a one way message and get a one way response, or you could simply open up essentially a you know a video call through VD with anyone. Okay, um, Tormer would like to do that at some point, but yep. not necessarily immediately. It's really not a good amount of space to set up the the whole ritual yeah. that she needs to do on, on board when the we ship get at back the moment. To Malatun. Yeah. Sorry, Kier Doral. Never forget. <laughs> so. So we have uh, possibly the White Lily, we have the Moon Crescents, we have the Stormflies, the Healers, the Clerics, the Cogsworth Army, the Rebels, the City Guard. Cogs the, work. It, it, Cog works, and then there's the, it's the Storm Flags, F-L-A-G-S, not Flies. Okay. <laughs> Couldn't read my handwriting. Okay. And then the City Guard and the Burning Wheels. Anyone else? Uh, did you have the the Church of Alagi? Yeah, I just I just said clerics. Okay. So we could probably figure out right now who who can talk to who. Um, I can go talk to the Burning Wheels. Yeah, they seem to like you. I like them too. <laughs> I just I can just picture someone now, that wants to talk to us. Tegan riding into battle as a hood ornament again. It, that's exactly <laughs> what's gonna happen. Just sitting there slinging <laughs> AOE heal spells. Charge! <laughs> Undead don't like heal spells. This will be fun. It's gonna be like in World um, War. Holy Nova! Holy Nova! Holy Nova! Holy Nova! Um. Does somebody want to talk to the Skyreach and the City Guard? Talk to Isabella, or should we let Yanni? Do I mean, that? Isabella's on the ship. Yeah, I thought she was with us because we rescued her. Uh, uh, so I'm I'm gonna step outside a game for just a quick moment here and okay. explain to you kind of how how I'm going to mechanically run your preparations. Oh, okay, cool. So here's here's what I'm I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go around. 
to each person in the party, and you each have um, you. I'm going to give each person ten days. You can do whatever preparations. If you want to go in a group, sweet. If you want to go individually, sweet. Uh, for each person that you have helping you, whether that be a named NPC or not, will give anywhere between a plus two to a plus four bonus to your roll. Uh, plus two if they're just if they don't necessarily have any direct relation to what they're helping you with, and a plus four if they do. For example, bringing Zane Crow to help talk to Zane Crow's army will give you a plus four. For example, no, surely not. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, you will um, also any other preparations that are not getting allies, but maybe preparing defenses, preparing weapons, pre- preparing barricades, preparing. You know, anything like that or evacuating citizens from the outer areas around the entrance. Uh, things along those lines also can be done as well. Um, yes, Tabitha? Uh, we need to also work on making sure that our food stores are... Um, that we have plenty of food. So in case there it goes on for longer than we're expecting... Did I mean, we get per- apples and uh, berries. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking, you know, people who are yeah, well, able to picking. hunt to lay in, uh, you know, food stores that can be, uh, you know, cured or you know, processed in a way that they're not going to go bad, or use any cold store storage that we have. Yeah, sieges in in worlds with magic also work slightly differently in that you have people who have the capacity to conjure food. That's true. That's uh, true. But, but still, you need to make sure that it's all in a area that is reachable yeah. by. Also, when you're looking at you know half a million people to a million people, and you have thirty clerics who can cast conjure food, you're still not going to be able to feed all those people with that. So. Well, and also healing is also a different matter than, in a non-magic world. True. Um. But yeah, so the, so um, you guys have you guys have a list of who your allies uh, are that you can use for bonuses. Uh, essentially, what it's going to be it's going to be a skills challenge. Now, no, the DCs are going to be fairly high for these checks, but you have the added ability to pull in anyone you want um, as allies to help you out with your efforts. Um, if you fail the check. Um, you can spend one day or as many days as you want and you get a plus five after the roll for however many days you need to spend. So essentially you can accomplish whatever prep work you want, but it might cost you multiple days of time to do so. Uh, If you're out of days and you still don't have enough, then that prep didn't get done in time if that's the last thing you did. So... Does that kind of more or less make sense on kind of how to how to how the preparation is going to work on on what is available? That's so what you're faster. saying is is that we can't go with Plan A or Plan B. We're gonna have to go with uh, Plan H. We can call this Preparation H. Or or Plan F. I I, I like I like Preparation H. It's it's pretty good <laughs> at least on the whole anyway. All right. Oh. I, I don't get it. What's so funny about preparation H? I knew you'd get that joke. 
<laughs> I knew where you were going with it as soon as you said Plan H. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, I, I think the conversations role playing wise, as far as where, you know who to recruit, but I just want to make sure you guys understood up front mechanically how we're going to sort it out. So does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and we don't have to do as much I mean, talking, so that's pretty awesome. Unless yeah, and unless we're. Unless we need to do a lot of preparation, it's going to take multiple days. Does it make sense to even split up most of it? You'll get an extra bonus for each person that each party member that's helping you. So if you right. guys are that's all traveling I mean. together, you're gonna each you're each gonna have a a plus eight just from the party alone. Right, and that's what I mean, right? Like, depending upon what preparations we actually need to do, if we don't have that much. Like, if we don't need to take the full time, and we don't want to try and do it late into it anyway, I don't know. It just depends on how much we need to actually, how, how much we need to yeah, travel around that, and do. That makes so. sense. So, all right, so you guys are, um, do you guys do anything else on the airship before you arrive? Because you're, you're rapidly approaching Malatune right now. Probably yep. not. All right, then you guys arrive in Malatune. And where do you dock the ship? Do you dock outside, or do you fly in through those large doors and find somewhere in either Skyreach or somewhere else? I think we would fly in. Okay. I would fly it in. Are you gonna? Are you gonna fly? Are you gonna try to park it in Skyreach and the Cogworks district? Or the other option is you can go around to the, uh, the, the I guess, the, the docking bay in the backside, which then connects to the hollows through way of Promothor's labs. Hmm. Uh, probably Skyreach. Well, actually, sh- you know. could, we, could we drop Tegan off in the hollows to talk to the Burning Wheels and then head up to Skyreach from there? I don't see why not. Sure, cool. Yeah, if, um, if that's the plan. If you want to, can I take? But I didn't. Can know I take if you a couple people? Do. Sure. Who Who do you want to take with you? Oh, uh, who Who else? Who What? Who else did the burning wheels like? Mad Marwood. He wasn't. He wasn't there. But they would they, like him. Yeah, probably. no, he because I thought <laughs> they he they found him when you guys took the uh, right after the water elevator. Oh yeah, that's right. No, well, I don't think Marwood was What's with you when you did that. I thought, okay. like, right at the very end. Oh wait, maybe so, you guys just met up with him after. I'll maybe take Marwood and uh, the other gnome, uh, not VD's VD's sister, Baby. The yeah. the the one who is the uh, teleportation magic. Yeah. Okay. I'll take those two. Okay. All right, so Vanny and Marwood are called for. Does anyone else here want to stay with Tegan as well and help him? Slash, make sure he doesn't do something stupid. Not <laughs> even that. I'm just... <laughs> oh, no. Is, is this a surprise that you do things that are stupid? <laughs> Or are you just not used to people calling you out on who, it? Who is Tegan's legal guardian? <laughs> Look, Tormir's not going there. All right. 
Anyway, I love that you had the the, uh, audacity to be offended that we were. I I mean, the person who seemed least offended at that was Tegan. (laughs) (laughs) I need an adult. I'm in danger. (laughs) All right. So, uh, as you guys drop Tegan off, and Tegan, Marwood, and uh, Vanny hop off. You guys end up uh, making it down to, or you take off back from the docking area. You come back around to Skyreach, uh, and you pull in, and people begin unloading. And you know, Lady Isabella was on board as well, and she starts directing people to uh, various houses that are unoccupied. She uses her influence as um, a, a nobility to essentially pay for any rooms at any accommodations or hotels or things like that for all the essentially refugees to stay at. Um, so there's, the, you know, so that way there's at least somewhere for all of them to stay. That's nice of her. Um, so she's off coordinating that at the moment. Uh, so one other thing you guys noticed um, as the ship was descending in Skyreach is it landed with kind of a unceremonious crunch. That's not good. And so a bunch of people poured out, like I said, it, Lady Isabella went off to do, you know, thing with and took a whole bunch of the refugees and kind of got them housed. And so kind of leaves the rest of the party with the, the crew that you guys have uh, available to go do whatever. Uh, Tormir, as you um, disembark, you see that there's a little bit of damage to the airship uh, as it landed on a statue. Um Ooh. And the statue was somewhat destroyed, but the thing is, <laughs> is also there was damage done to the ship. The statue that got destroyed, however, was that that one in front of the stout dwarf, the the bar <laughs> where it was the, the the dwarf who was like painted to look like right, he was I'm drunk out. and stuff I'm like out. that. I'm out. <laughs> so you have successfully destroyed that statue. <laughs> <laughs> and you, as you're disembarking, the owner comes out like, "What did you do?" I don't see any signs for a no parking zone. <laughs> he looks up. He goes, "What the heck is that?" <laughs> but you've never seen an airship before. No, it's only been in the city for hundreds of years. He just looks around like. You're paying for this. I wasn't flying. Who, who was? Moneybags. Moneybags was flying. Where's Moneybags? <laughs> <laughs> Jethal just whistles and walks away. <laughs> Speaking of paying. And Tegan's not here to call him out. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I really want to call for a deception check. As uh... <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'm fine yeah. with this. Yeah, do it. Give me a deception check. I rolled a twenty-one. Somehow you are inconspicuous, despite quite literally <laughs> putting your hands in your pockets and whistling away while looking in, in a different direction. <laughs> Uh, <sighs> surprise surprise I'm good at deception <laughs> so ultimately you guys um, yeah you, you just completely ruined that, that uh, 
statue and the the build or the building itself is un, un, unaffected. Shale gets off and like spits on the statue and goes, "Good, I'm glad to see it destroyed. Thing was on a front anyway." Tambourine, it was. <laughs> like I said, you have a drinking buddy now. I mean, yeah, it was out front, wasn't it? It wasn't behind the bar, was it? It was out front. Yeah. Boo. Funny. Look funny, right? What? What was it? Funny? Is it though? No. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I was trying right. to be nice. So we are going to jump right into that skills challenge. Although things didn't no! start off a bit rocky. Next time. <laughs> oh, no! I wanted to start it. So thank you again, listeners, for tuning into this episode of Paper Pencil Dice. Uh, this is uh, building up and getting really exciting at the moment. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll have to see where uh, where the preparations go and how everything is uh, is ready for the giant assault on Malatune or Kier Doral, as Tormir is like to say. I still think that sounds like a drink. So are are we going to use the H preparation for the giant assault? Man, that's, oh, wow. that's a stretch. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> I, I think I think we've we've now reached a new low for our podcast. And you well, know, that's... we were pretty far down there too. And at the same time, we've named the next episode. That's awesome. <laughs> Preparation A. <laughs> Preparation A. You know, I'm just there at the bottom with the shovel, you know. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> Keep on I was just going to go with a new low, but hey, you know, preparation. All right. <laughs> Listeners, if you want to reach out to us on Facebook, you can find us at Paper Pencil Dice. Otherwise, you can email us at paperpencildicepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, otherwise, until next time, keep gaming, friends. Thanks for listening to this episode of Paper Pencil Dice. Reach out to us at paperpencildicepodcast at gmail.com. Join us next time to find out what our heroes get into next on Paper Pencil Dice.